Come and dream with me. Premium Media Podcast. Every week we get together to talk about movies, TV, and online content. I hope you answer the question, how grateful in Netflix that it was the Love is Blind reunion live special that got fucked up and not the Chris Rock special. Very, very grateful. What happened? Uh, <laughs> I'm just... <what>? Oh, <laughs> I'm oh, your host, me today, Dylan Blight. So they're doing this Love is Blind season four reunion special. Yeah, I saw a tweet or something saying like it starts soon. And it just did not work. <laughs> so they yeah. had to put out a pre, like a recorded, like re- pre-recorded version, nineteen hours later. So you know, all them lovers blind fans upset, I guess. I wonder what the difference is between what they did between that and then the Chris the Chris Rock thing. Money, <laughs> you know, probably yeah. But could you imagine if the Chris Rock thing like? That blew up. Would have been terrible for them. They would have never done another one or t- tried to do another one. No, but but you know, with this lovers lovers blind thing, it's like yeah, uh, yeah. Nobody's gonna remember it by next week, probably. No. But yeah, very interesting. You know, goes to show the the difficulties of live television, live stream television. Not so simple. Uh, all right. On today's episode, we'll be discussing Watch Now, Watch History, talking about some film news, giving some thumbs to trailers, and giving you this week's top three. Uh, kick things off. We have a spoiler cast up for Mikado Shinkai's latest film, Suzume. Uh, the story of a girl in a chair going across the country to stop a cat from opening doors all over the place. If that's the most vague answer to this uh, description for this movie, good, because you know, you should go check it out without much information uh yeah spoiler cast up now but dylan what do you think what are your thoughts on suzume loved it it was absolutely fantastic uh his best of these trilogy and i can't wait to watch it again there's my one sentence review yeah yeah i really enjoyed it as well and of course beautiful um really engrossing story um very maybe a more mature story than his other ones, but also with crazy fantastical elements, which is a nice juxtaposition. Um, yeah, kind of coming close, this uh, disaster trilogy, I guess, uh, natural disaster trilogy he's been doing uh, between Your Name and uh, Weathering With You. Um, yeah, just beautiful, great score by Rad Wimps. Um, still listening to tracks from that, uh, what, a week later. Um yeah, just a beautiful film, the animated movie that you should go and watch in cinemas now. Do you agree? Yes, I do agree. The other one's doing fine. Don't worry about it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, yeah, so watch the film and then check out our spoiler cast on the podcast feed or in the show notes below. Uh, this week, ABC had one of its biggest releases of, you know, a while because we actually paid attention to what was coming to the ABC. Auntie Donna's Coffee Cafe. The Auntie Donna boys started running a cafe and they've got a bunch of misadventures. You've watched a few episodes. I've watched it all. I've finished it now. You finished it now? Yeah. Okay. Six episodes done. Six episodes. Um, Yeah, I loved it. That was absolutely fantastic. I 
Um, I even chucked on in the background last night while I was doing something there, one of their live shows from years ago that's on YouTube because it just put me back in the mood to watch some Auntie Donna stuff. So, um, yeah, I, I think it's very funny. Uh, it's the, the, the thing for this one is just, it is like they're running a coffee shop, but then there's just wild hijinks and things every episode that it's not about a coffee shop at all it's just, <laughs> it's just that's sort of set up there but yeah some very funny jokes if you like their sort of humor um or you like their it's a little bit less weird than um their netflix show which i guess it's still weird but it's a little bit less weird than that uh but yeah i really really enjoyed it and i'd suggest checking out if you want to you know support uh australian comedy yeah, I agree. I think it's very funny. As someone who did not watch the Netflix show, uh, I probably will be checking it out after this. Uh, but I can't imagine it being any weirder than this. I don't think that's that's possible. Um, You'll see. <laughs> I'll soon find out. But uh, I will say this is very Australian. Oh, man, I don't think the... The Netflix show is not as Australian, but it's still, they have some Australian jokes in it. They toned them down a little bit, but this is on ABC. So They don't have Richard Roxburgh's rake? No, they don't. That's such a silly joke. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, He's like, I'm Rake from TV show Rake. His name isn't even Rake. His name of the show is not Rake. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But I'm Rake. (laughs) Just so many weird pop culture references and that kind of stuff within it. Lots of jokes about ABC and the ABC iView. Yeah, that um, one in the end credits where it, like it's the credits are rolling and then the stream freezes and it goes back and like clicks back into the episode. <laughs> uh, my favorite gag is, <laughs> oh look, Neo and Morpheus are fighting. And it's the kid from the the movies. Yeah, right? yeah. We can't read it though. It's very because he's Australian. Yeah, of course. Yeah, lots of Australians. Yeah. <laughs> Just. Oh, so many crazy moments. The whole recess thing. Um, <laughs> the long gag about him being at a children's school. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Lots of fun. Definitely worth checking out. Um, yeah. <laughs> they're, they're, they're coffee shops on a heritage listed wasp nest. Yep. Hilarious. <laughs> uh, all right. The, I'd say that if... Because a lot of their humor on YouTube was more like song based or like skip little skip based stuff, mm. especially their live show. If you're like their live show is a lot more of the humor of they'll just do random transitions into like the song with like who want to guess which one of us has a vibrator up her ass like <laughs> that sort of like gag and they'll do that and then like just transition out to another part. So uh, that's that was a lot of their earlier stuff and then this has a little bit more like longer form <laughs> jokes, I guess bigger payoffs after like doing a whole episode with a court case and stuff yeah just a very weirdly structured episodes at times um yeah spending a whole episode like we need a hook for our cafe it's like Mm. yeah yeah very cool uh seeing a lot of people uh using vpns to try and watch it overseas because it's only available on abc iview yeah you should watch the entire world on their so, YouTube, when they put out, like, how do we... Pr- they've done two or three, I think. No, two, 
like how do we promote the show videos they put on the YouTube? And one was one's a gag about how they're like, we should try and do Vox Pops like they had at the Crocodile Dundee two yes, premiere. I saw that. Yeah. You saw that, yeah. And then the other ones, they're like, well, they just redo their bit that they did for the Netflix series where they just get tattoos of the ABC logo on their two of their two of them get it tattooed on their ass, like legit on their ass. And then they did the same bit with Netflix. And but the whole gag is that they're like. This isn't even gonna make a difference. Like only people watching this video are gonna watch the show anyway. So I don't even know why he's bothering to do this. Like it's completely and utterly pointless. But <laughs> but that um yeah, they always have a bit at starts. Like, how do we get people outside of Australia to watch it? It's like VPNs. We're not allowed to tell people to watch VPNs, and um, I think Broden's like, I'm not saying to tell people to do it, I'm simply saying out loud VPNs. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so ABC is going to be so confused when there's more than 20 million views. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> What's happening? Crazy. Uh, so yeah, check out uh, Arnie Dollar's Coffee Cafe on ABC iView. Uh, Dylan, you got around to watching Boston Strangler, the uh, <clears throat> Disney Plus film really starring Kira Knightley. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I gave it a five on track. I thought it was very long and drawn out. Like it's just, it's sort of weirdly paced. I just don't, I think it really wants to be Zodiac basically, but it's just nowhere near as good. Um, it's definitely would have worked better at uh, like a, a faster pace, just better structured 90 minute, just film. Like it's Keira Knightley's good. Um, Carrie Coon's really good. Like, all the actors are really good. Um, Alessandro, I can't remember his last name, starts Never, Neveroli or Nevier, I can't say his name. Anyway, the dude from The Sopranos movie. Um, he's really good in it. There's lots of really good actors, but yeah, it's just very slow movie that just falls into a lot of trap holes of just doing montages of people like making phone calls or like peering around thing or like just lots of like evidence gathering stuff, which is fine. I know you got to do some of that in these movies, but it's just like the stuff outside of that just doesn't back it up or the, the character stuff doesn't back it up. So um, yeah, it's, a, it's an interesting story. I guess if you know nothing about the Boston Strangler, then maybe it'll be a little bit more interesting, but you know, I've watched movies before I've, watch documentary like it's not all so like relying on the audience not knowing anything about boston strangler for the movie to work is sort of a bad way to go so um yeah i gave it a five on track which as a, yeah, i think that's a meh <laughs> yeah okay uh so i watched vengeance so this is a film written directed by bj novak uh currently on binge or netflix uh, so I saw it recommended last year as like one of the films that I needed to like one of the top films from last year uh, or like a really underrated gem or whatever um, and was unable to see it anywhere in Australia <laughs> until now. Um, so BJ Novak plays a New Yorker writer uh, who wants to get into podcasting for like uh, an NPR like S company uh, through his inn of Issa Rae, who's a big producer over there. Um He's, you know, a modern day New York uh, man who, uh, you know, is in multiple, you know, casual relationships and that kind of stuff. Uh, one night he gets a call from the brother of a girl he was hooking up with who believes that he was her boyfriend to tell him that, to tell B. Jack Novak's character that the girl had died in an overdose in Texas. Um and to get him to come to the funeral. Uh, There's a lot going on here. There is a lot of setup. So essentially he's going to the funeral for a girl he'd 
does he only hooked up with a couple of times uh but uh has told her her family that they're in a relationship uh so he goes to the funeral and the brother confides that he thinks his sister was actually murdered and didn't die in an overdose uh so he sets about figuring out what actually happened to her while recording a podcast about it oh my god uh, you know to uh further his career and it kind of goes from there um yeah it's a really good film i think you know kind of uh you know it's a very uh timely film about you know the divide between you know blue states and red states um kind of showcasing uh some of the uh terrorist the bad stereotypes that maybe coastal elites have about rural people and how they think they're dumb and <laughs> uh, don't know anything um one of the or how ignorant i guess some of the elites are about american history or stuff about the south uh like one of the best jokes is like that uh the grand grandmother's talking about uh the the alamo which is obviously a bigger moment in texas history and how she like he's like yeah and then the texans won (laughs) he's like no they lost it's really bad he's like oh i thought i thought you guys won that's what you talk about the alamo all the time uh very silly um but yeah the mystery kind of is very interesting and um lots of interesting ideas and subject matter brought up during the film so yeah i would recommend checking out it's a on netflix or binge r47 very well acted good cast uh boyd holbrook plays the brother uh jay cameron smith plays the mother of the daughter lots of good character performance ashton kushja plays a uh you know a local record producer uh yeah i really enjoyed it so check out vengeance uh dylan you watched citizen jane fonda yeah it's just an hour-long documentary on jane fonda uh it's on sbs on demand yeah that's where i watched it um it's yeah it's really good like jane Jane fonda is like a a, sort of a this kick-ass woman and um just it follows her career from like you know having a really famous celebrity actor in um what's his name henry fonda then like her getting into movies and sort of her more her young 20s like sort of celebrity as just trying to do the sort of at the time you know the very beautiful roles the beautiful blonde roles and all that sort of stuff and then as it progresses through to the 70s the vietnam war and everything that's when she starts really getting into um activism and stuff which becomes such a big part of her her life going forward and then that follows through to the the movie choices she makes and um her academy award wins and like all the way through to sort of not like it's a few years old now so not all the way up until now but obviously jane fonda is still someone who continues to act but also as far as a couple of years ago i saw like she's still getting arrested like doing like going out with people and um doing activist stuff still so she's yeah she's a very interesting person who has like very strong um beliefs in certain things which is yeah she's just sort of one of a kind i guess within hollywood at the moment and yeah i'd, I'd suggest watching it's an hour it's, it's it's good like i wouldn't say it's the best documentary ever but if you um if you have any interest in jane fonda or would like to learn about jane fonda then yeah it's really interesting awesome all right let's move into the mandatory netflix segment of the show Dylan, you finished watching Beef. I did, right in time for some drama to start this morning. I'll tell you what. Have you seen this? 
about uh, David Cho. Yep. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know how that's going to go. But anyway, I'll keep that out. I'll, I'll talk about the show and then you can tuck I'll add that on because it's hard to ignore. Um, yep. The show's, yeah, show's absolutely fantastic. I think it, 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 it starts wild. It starts as dark, very dark comedy and like continues for a lot of it. Um, I think when I talked about it last week, I was like four episodes, three, four episodes in or something. I was further than you, was I, last week anyway? So I was already ahead of you. And then by the time you get to the end of the show, there's this fantastic finale where I'm pretty sure it's like like 99% of episodes, without spoiling it, it's basically just bought, takes all the other characters out of it and just brings it back to the to the main two. And it does some really interesting stuff with like as far as like delving into the I guess the psyche of these two people, these two like sort of just very angry, tortured people <laughs> just need to like talk about it. <laughs> like it's just the how it boils down. And yeah, I love the way it finishes. Um, will there be a season two? Don't know. Could there be? Totally. Um, I hope so because I'd like to spend some more time with um, the majority of these characters. But then, yeah, I've seen people like tweeting and watching and saying this is the best thing on Netflix and everything's going great for the show. And then this morning it's taken one person (laughs) to sort of say some fucking terrible things that um, has blown up. And I've already seen people being like, well, I'm not watching the show anymore. And like, yeah. So I wonder how that's, do do, do you have the story open to, I don't know if you've got. No, I I just saw kind of saw it peripherally that obviously David Cho had made remarks in a uh, podcast or something. Um, joking about uh, doing some stuff to women and that kind of stuff. So, yeah, it's pretty rough from what I understand. And a lot of the videos that are kind of sharing the the moment have seemed to be getting copyright strikes or uh, yeah, so trying, they're trying to keep it scrubbed from the internet and that kind of stuff. Just found a quick variety story that was posted an hour ago beef star david cho appears to file copyright takedowns for 2014 podcast video of him joking he's a successful rapist so in the video he talks about how um long story short just my words is he basically says he's like a big podcast there's like a lot of people in a room um including a woman and then like he's talking about how like the the joke in quotes is that he um is only uh, uh he can only get an erection by like the chase of having to to rape this woman or like that's the the bit i don't obviously it's not funny um the the the, the defense is going to be it was 2014 to which i say it's not actually that long ago and i would say if the response is to take down videos not actually say like just come out straight away and just be like you just, like just film a video and just just get it straight away and be like I um, you know, like just start the I apology train. What yeah. I said, yeah, just start the apology train at least, or something like along those lines. Even if it comes across like fucking fifty percent bullshit or something, yeah. but yeah, I think going straight to the takedown videos is not a good look. But yeah, anyway, that character um is a dick in the show, and apparently the real person is. So there you go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All pretty rough um yeah i'm keen to finally get around to checking more of it out uh but yeah it'll be interesting to see obviously i believe it's going it's been entered for limited series this year in the the uh emmys and that kind of stuff but you know that doesn't mean anything really no as, as, as to the future of the show i believe the showrunner came out and said they, they've got ideas for 
three more seasons. So, or one, two more seasons, or whatever, something, something like that. So, uh, I guess we'll wait and see. I guess, <laughs> obviously, number one pretty much everywhere in the world uh, on Netflix. So, I'm sure Netflix would be more than happy to take more beef content <laughs> if they can. Uh, so I checked out the uh, documentary series uh, "American Manhunt: The Boston Marathon Bombing." So this is a documentary recounting the events of the uh, Boston Marathon bombings <laughs> uh, and kind of delving into which are crazy, like ten years ago now. Um, recounting the events of what happened and how they managed to track down the two perpetrators. Um, yeah, I think it's very well done documentary as someone who didn't necessarily follow the story incredibly closely. Um, yeah. And just kind of delving into the two people behind the attacks and like how they were able to identify them. Also, this is kind of a weirdly indictment on, on it, not purposely, but kind of incidentally, like uh, indictment on American policing where they had these two people pretty much cornered in a, like a street. They had one handgun and like a couple of pipe bombs. They fired 300 shots into at them. Uh, and pretty much one of them was able to get away. Uh, it's pretty ludicrous and kind of looks into the subject matter. Like kind of, it never de- deeply dived into it, but you kind of go, it's kind of messed up that there were that many sh- shots at these people and, like it's honestly, it's a miracle that people didn't die in the crossfire. Like you see, they include like some shots, and like there's one journalist who mentions, uh, "It's crazy, all these like bullet holes, like nearly hitting people, and there's like this bullet hole through this house that's just past the baby's crib and that kind of stuff." So, um, but yeah, I think really interesting documentary. Lots of heartwarming stories about people who have uh, suffered and like how the survival stories and that kind of stuff. So. Uh, three episodes, I think, about an hour each, so uh, it's not too much of a, a watch. But uh, yeah, if you're interested in recent American history, I guess, uh, definitely worth checking out on Netflix. Uh, yeah, so that's everything in our watch history. Let's move into some film news uh, and kind of breaking news today. Uh, confer- confirmation that uh, the Writers Guild of America is set to strike if uh, the Producers Guild does not come to the table. So the Writers Guild of America has voted in favor of strike with the organization's members voting near unanimously for the measure. The WGA revealed that 97.8% of, me- of its members who voted were in favor of potential strike if an agreement can't be reached with the Alliance of Motion Picture and Television Producers, which represents the majority of film and TV production in Hollywood with studios like Disney and Netflix, among others, under that umbrella. Um, obviously, this has been like on the horizon for a while. We've talked about it previously. Uh, but you know, this is the writings on the wall. It's the ball's kind of in the producer's court as to whether uh, a strike will take place now. I watched a really good video. I just remembered to go back into my Twitter likes and retweet it then. So, um, but yeah, I'd suggest people find that one. And I just retweeted and <laughs> watch that. It was really good. It's from the More Perfect Union uh, at More Perfect US thing. But it's got a bunch of people talking about. Uh, how the summed up in five minutes like the differences between the royalties or whatever they call it um, residuals paid from a normal television show that airs on tv and how that differs to a streaming service and also how 
writers' rooms and stuff are set up difference between the two and how this does affect um, the way people are, are paid. Um, long story short is that they're like, look, if something something used to air on TV, every time they re-aired an episode, it was like, well, you played it, so everyone that was involved in that got residuals, director, actors, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. The percentages changed for your role, of course. That's that's totally normal, but um, everyone got everyone got paid. They're like, now that we make things for Netflix or the streaming services, they're like, you make it, you get paid once, people watch it 10,000 times, there's no residuals. Like, the way the, 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 the way writers have got paid for the last x amount of years the way that yep. the system's been set up is sort of not hasn't been adjusted for the the streaming features so and everyone's like we need to fix this and figure out a way to fix it which is totally fair so yeah um i think yeah the strike's definitely going to happen i don't think it, uh, like from all my, all my reading um the last couple of days or since last week whenever we were supposed to talk about it I think, yeah, it's it's definitely going to happen. It's just a matter of, like, when am I going to wake up and see, like, it's happened or it's happening, sort of, you know. Could happen uh, as we're recording. No, I believe the strike will go through May something when the mm. current deal ends. Yeah. Um, yeah, May 1st. So okay, yeah. once that happens, who knows? Everything called kind of collapse, you would assume. Um. I think obviously the major thing they'll get immediate hit will be the like, like late night television. It's like yeah. all your Conan, don't well not Conan's, but uh, late night and your Jimmy Fallon's and your Jimmy Kimmel's and everything, because um, all their staff will strike. And it's like uh, it's, it's interesting. People like pointed out that a lot of those shows kind of ran while the previous writer strike was happening, but they were like pretty poor quality it's like um but yeah it'll be you know 97 percent of people in a union like all agreeing to the one thing especially something so drastic as a strike is kind of just shows how much these changes need to come in um to protect all the writers um as someone else i saw pointed out was like every other element of all these production budgets have been going up and up and up uh yet the the pay for riders has stayed pretty much the same. So, yeah. Yeah, I guess it's wait and see. And, you know, hopefully they do something because, you know, if they do go on strike, it's going to like massive disruption to the entire industry. And, like, as they pointed out, like Los Angeles, like, lost billions of dollars last time there was a strike. So, uh, yeah, I guess wait and see <laughs> how this all plays out. Uh, this is an interesting one. Warner Brothers Discovery uh, has announces Max, a new streaming service that will combine HBO Max and Discovery. Uh, the streaming wars have shaken up once again, thanks to the folks at Warner Brothers Discovery. As promised by CEO David Vaslav last year, HBO and Discovery will merge into one streaming service later this year, and the company has finally unveiled the name of that new service, officially called Max, and launch in May. Uh, though rather crucially, users will still have the option to subscribe to Disney P- Discovery Plus's standalone service. As for HBO Max, they'll soon be gone in favor of the new shiny service. <laughs> uh, Dylan, what do you think of the idea of Max? It's weird, right? Stop. Get some help. Think about what you're doing. <laughs> it seems weird that you've already got all this brand recognition around HBO and HBO Max. That you've spent the last two years like building up, you've used all, you've like put all these 
uh, you know, film straight from cinemas into onto the service for free. You've been building up all this brand new recognition, and you're just like, no, nah, fuck it. Let's just call it Max. It's a completely new service. Fucking ridiculous. <laughs> uh, but yeah, as part of this announcement, there was like a bunch of tra- new trailers and that kind of stuff that came out. Uh, so definitely worth checking out some of those. But yeah, this seems like a really weird move and like <laughs> just just weird. And like some of the justification behind it is like we we don't want people to think that it's just HBO content that's going to be on the be on the on the service. You know, we don't want people to think it's just quality content that's available on the service. Right, we're a little shit on here as well. They're running that shit. Just that someone's waking up. Someone like I don't know. HBO Max or Warner Brothers Discovery. It honestly feels like um, it's being run by um, Elon Musk with the wild changes. <laughs> just sudden wake up and they're doing something. Moments. Yeah, absolutely. It just seems like any day anything could potentially happen over there. I got breaking news, by the way. I just want to quickly okay. throw out as an update. For breaking news. Talent Manager Entertainment 360 have dropped Jonathan Majors. Several sources tell us uh, this is deadline. The recent move by Majors' longtime manager comes three weeks after the magazine Dream Star was addressed, uh, arrested on domestic violence charges. So, yeah, I think that looks absolutely terrible for him having your manager drop you, having your uh, agency drop you after you're being arrested for domestic violence charges even though originally they came out and said no it's bullshit we'll prove it all to be fake and now three weeks later they're dropping him not yeah good. that's that's not good um yeah that's that's uh very disappointing yeah kang is getting recast well that's the that's the story that i've seen constantly go around it's like they've got backup plans in case jonathan majors uh they need to drop him yeah. I think he's getting dropped. I think if his agency's dropped him, that's that that like if you were sitting on the fence, I think agency dropping him's pretty that's a that's a sign to me. Yeah. But that's that's pretty that's pretty drastic. Like that's that's your friend choosing to that's the that's That's your, someone who's helped you build your career. Yeah, uh, walk away from you. Be, yeah. Yeah. It's like yeah, that's 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 crazy. Yeah. Very disappointing. Uh, NGM's extensive film and TV catalog build over the last century was the main driver behind Amazon's $8.5 billion acquisition of the storied Hollywood studio. Past year, since the deal closed in March 2022, Amazon Studios has been sifting through MGM's library, identifying a dozen initial titles for film and television development. Uh, and there's been a rumored list of potential uh, MGM IPs to, uh, you know, adapt or bring back uh, so i'm going to list them off and you tell me if you would be interested in uh you know new tv shows or films about these properties okay barbershop um i want to say can i have a can i have a maybe yeah sure because i love i actually really like the first two barbershop movies so i'm gonna say maybe okay fame uh no Legally Blonde. No, I don't. Which think I that's... think there is a movie currently about. Yeah. I'm gonna say no. I don't, I think that's a very '90s thing. I don't know if that's like. I don't know. I'm gonna say no. Pink Panther. Nah. Well past its point. Let's move on. Robocop. Yes. Fuck yeah. 
but like reboot it again. I don't. I don't want to see. <laughs> you don't want the. No, I don't want the Samuel Jackson. The black one. one? Or the the. I don't the want black that black. Black black Robocop. Was he? Was it? The, I can't remember who actually played. The suit him. was black. It was um, Joel Kinnaman. Oh, was it? I don't know. I can't remember. Anyway, <laughs> reboot it again. Reboot it again. Stargate. Yeah, sure. Why not? Stargate's classic. The Magnificent Seven. Nah. That's dumb anyway. That's just a remake of fucking um, Seven Samurai. Yeah. Uh, Thomas Grand Affair. No. Why would I want that? That's one movie. Yeah. You can have more affairs. Yeah, good. Cool. Good for him. <laughs> uh, the Poltergeist. Yeah, of course. I love classic horror. Yeah, uh, yeah. They're, of course, they're currently in production, like wanting to expand the Creed universe, uh, and also in talks to expand the Rocky universe, uh, or, or the Rocky bring Sylvester Stallone back to do a Rocky TV show, and of course, uh, James Bond is their big feather in the cap that you know they're waiting to you know, do another one, I guess, <laughs> until they find the next Bond. So yeah, interesting moves over at Amazon slash MGM. Uh, yeah, it was Joel Kinnaman. That's Robocop. With uh, Gary Oldman, Michael Keaton, Samuel Jackson. Abby I was going to say, I swear Samuel Jackson was in that one. <laughs> he was in that movie, yeah. Uh, this is one that I saw ruffle a couple of feathers this morning. Uh, after working together on the combined half billion dollar uh, plus grossing hit Split and Glass, James McAvoy and Blumhouse are re-teaming for a remake of Danish thriller Speak No Evil. James Watkins, director of The Woman in Black, will direct from his script. Uh, Universal has set a theatrical release date of August 9th, 2024. In the original 2022 movie, a Danish family visits a Dutch family they met on a holiday. They are supposed to have an idyllic weekend. Slowly starts unraveling as the Danes try to stay polite in the face of unpleasantness. Uh, Dylan, is this too soon of a turnaround for a foreign remake? Yes, 100%. It's a fantastic movie. Um, I watched it either at the start of this year or late last year. I can't remember. Anyway, I watched it at some point in the last like 12 months. Um, it's really, really good, and you should watch it and ignore any news about a remake. It seems completely pointless. Also, I don't know how you could do... like If they're going to set it... If they're going to make it American, I think some of the... There, there is like subtleties about the whole like Danish fishing and Dutch family and like they, they meet in... They meet when they're on holiday in I can't remember where it is, but they like it's got a very European feel to it, and like they discuss the differences between uh, Deutschland and you know like their like there's just elements. I'm like, how do you like how do you lose a lot of this nuance in a like if it's set in America? Like, what's the equivalent American Canada? Like, what the fuck are they? <laughs> what are they doing? Like, I don't know. yeah, uh, obviously. It's a horror movie, I don't care. But <laughs> it seems a little weird that it's so fast. Uh, but on the other hand, as long as like the producers and the writers of the original film are getting paid, I think um, that's fine. I feel like, obviously, that is another rev- money revenue for a lot of fil- foreign films that, you know, for people that a lot of American reading. films can't be. It's just a financial titles. move, you know. The original <laughs> film will still be there. I'm sure it raises uh, interest in the original film, uh, from you know, pretend to be 
hardcore film people, it's like, oh, I want to watch the original because it's a foreign remake. And they'll finally watch the movie. So, you know, it is really a win-win for them. I don't think they lose anything from getting a, a foreign remake, you know, or an American remake. I don't know. Uh, but yeah, who knows if it actually comes out because obviously a lot of these end up in like a development hell, you know. When are we getting that... Uh, what was the what was the Mads Mikkelsen film that uh, DiCaprio? No, another round. In? Another round. When are we getting the American Another Round? Hopefully, never again. Or never. Exactly. Yeah. You know, when are we getting an American Akira? That's what. <laughs> never. Hopefully, the answer to all your questions <laughs> is never. Yeah. So, get paid is what I'm saying. Uh. Can I offer an alternative? People just support the original film. Like, is that a? Yeah, then let <laughs> them get paid by selling the rights to the film. Fucking hell. Yeah. Uh, all right. Film the film collective known as Radio Silence has more than proved they know their way around the recognizable IP, having taken the reins of the Scream franchise following the passing of horror maestro Wes Craven. Following their success with Paramount's slasher staple, it's been announced the group will tackle a remake of John Carpenter's genre-bending Escape from New York and a series adaptation of the serial killer crime drama The Butcher and the Wren. But now the radio silence team of Matt Bentinelli, Open, Tyler Gillett, and Chad Villela are taking on The Holy Grail, a universal monster movie. According to The Hollywood Reporter, uh, the directing team will direct the currently untitled project with Villela producing. The script was written by Stephen Shields, uh, with the revisions provided by Radio Science collaborator uh, Guy Busick. Uh, as of publication, Universal has not provided many details regarding the new project, but uh, the Hollywood Reporter posits that the film will be in similar footsteps as Lee Winnell's The Invisible Man and Chris McKay's Renfield, uh, which instead of a true remake of the film, the Radio Science will deliver a unique take on the legendary monster lore and represent a fresh new direction of how to celebrate these classic characters. Uh, while it's not confirmed uh, who they're tackling, uh, Hollywood Reporter uh, reports that the project was allegedly titled Dracula's Daughter before its current untitled status. Uh, so yeah, it seems like the team behind Scream and Scream 6 is going to be directing Dracula's Daughter, a classic uh, character in the Universal Monsters uh, universe. Yeah. Thoughts? And, uh, apparently, Melissa Barrera is attached. Attached, yeah, rumored, yeah, yeah, rumored to be attached, which is like that's fine. They they um they like working with the same people they like, so yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I'm all about it, of course. I they haven't done a single bad thing. Um, I mean, I haven't watched all their shorts that they did prior to features, but mm. I've watched all the features and um, they're bangers after bangers after bangers. So uh, all the screen, both screen movies, pretty or not, and all that, the, the stuff on the VHS, absolute, they've got, they can do, they can do really fucked up, like gory horror. They can do comedy horror. They can, they've, they've got a real good taste of like the different ways you can do this genre of filmmaking. So why not take it and do, you know, old school, fucking monster like um, universal monster like what's their take on that let's let's go i'm all aboard and if it is dracula's daughter and melissa barrow i like her i think she's uh, there's a weird group of people actually hate her for some reason that in those movies and i don't know no, so no, she I can't act and uh, stuff like that i don't know but anyway certainly wouldn't have anything to do with ethnicity, i would imagine or to the what or yeah maybe <laughs> who knows yeah. could be 
Uh, but yeah, I yeah I like her in the screen movies and liked her in um that the other one where she dances. Um, that's uh yeah so in the heights. Yep, that's it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Could remember. Uh, yeah, interesting. <laughs> you know, uh, seen a lot of discussion about Daughter of Dracula because apparently she's like a one of the first LGBTQ figures in film. Weirdly, uh, but had been pushed aside in favor of the bride. Uh, as a the main female horror character or monster character, I guess. Um, but yeah, um, you know, wait and see. You know, obviously, I don't. Renfield, I think, is you know done okay financially. I don't think it. it I don't think it's doing anything amazing. But you know, so one from two, I guess, on this latest revamp of the Universal Monsters. I saw uh, like a headline from a review that was like Renfield's exactly what you think it is. I'm like, yeah, that that's that seems right. That's fine. Uh, Dylan, every week, you know, we get so many different casting stories or new projects announced. Uh, we can't cover them all, but we we'll talk about them in the segment we like to call "Would You Want to Invest." So, in this segment, I give Dylan a different project, whether it's uh, announcing different cast or directors or uh, acquirements. Uh, and Dylan tells me if he would like to fully invest, not invest, or partially invest in these projects uh, based on any criteria he seems to fit, and then history will be the judge if he's right. Yeah, let's just jump straight in. Uh, even at 92, Clint Eastwood isn't ready to slow down as he has set the thriller Jury Number 2 as his next film with Nicholas Holt and Tony Collette in negotiations to star. Uh, while it isn't official, sources have also added that the schedule and budgets figured Warner Brothers is close to greenlighting the film Jonathan Abrams penned the script. Uh, the pick is set during a murder trial where one of the jurors slowly realizes he killed the victim in a reckless drink driving accident uh, and tries to save the defendant without incriminating himself. Uh, that's wild. Uh, yeah, so fully fully invest. Uh, Clint Eastwood is a good director. It's wild to think that he's 91. But yeah, I uh, fully invest. Great cast. <laughs> wild cast. setup for a movie. Let's go. Uh, Studio Canal and Sunny March are soon to enter production on the Benedict Cumberbatch starring How to Stop Time, which has been rejigged from a feature to a TV series. Uh, Studio Canal optioned the Matt Haig novel six years ago and was initially developing as a feature with Cumberbatch's Sunny March, which it part owns. Uh, the genre-bending book is a high-stakes superhero thriller about men and women who suffer from a rare condition that makes them live for hundreds and hundreds of years. Born in 15th century France, Cumberbatch's Tom Hazard has time and time again lost everything he loves more than 600 years on from his birth he's caught in the middle of a secret war that's wild too yeah fully invest let's go go band it come i feel like i'm seeing come in a movie for 10 years honestly it's been a while he was in dr strange last year yeah that was ages ago hey uh amazon studios has acquired brian otting's script never too old to die as a starring vehicle for sylvester stallone uh, the action comedy to be produced by Stallone and Braden Aftergood for Balboa Productions watches as a mysterious murder within a retirement home for spies sparks a cold hit war hero's personal mission to find the assassin living among them. Uh, I'm not investing in that. I, I don't, I'm sorry, Sylvester. I don't, I don't care for this. Your, a lot of your movies anymore. <laughs> well, sorry. Yeah. 
Uh, in his first star role since his Oscar-nominated turn as Elvis Presley, Austin Butler will star in City on Fire, an adaptation of Don Winslow's novel from Sony 3000 Pictures. This will be Butler's first film as producer alongside David Heyman and Shane Salerno. The studio has made this high priority and will be meeting with writers and filmmakers immediately. Uh, the HarperCollins Morrow novel takes elements of the Iliad, Odyssey, Anid, and Greek tragic dramas and places them in a contemporary in a world of contemporary crime, the first installment was published in April 2022, and the second book in the trilogy, City of Dreams, will be published April 18th. The trilogy focuses on two criminal empires, one Irish, the other Italian, that control all of New England. A modern-day Helen of Troy event happen, tears them apart and starts a brutal war. Butler will play the main character, Danny Ryan, forced to grow from a street soldier into a ruthless leader to protect his friends and his family and the home he loves. Will um, he have dropped the accent by this? By the time he's doing this? I don't know. Maybe. Hey, baby. Um, Pretty sure that's <laughs> just how he talks now. <laughs> Didn't he say, like, he started doing the accent and now he can't, like, stop doing it? So, he's, Thank you for the Oscar, baby. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I will, I'll partially invest because I, I know nothing about what you just said and it sounded slightly intriguing, but also everyone loves Austin Butler, so I, yeah, I'll go partial invest. Uh, Netflix has rounded out the cast as production begins for its Shondaland murder mystery, The Residence, including Kylie Minogue, uh, who will play herself, Jane Curtin, and Eliza Coop. Uh, additional cast includes Julia Respiro, Summerlee Montano, James Babson, Izzy Diaz, Paul Fitzgerald, Rosalind Gentle, Chris Grace, Juliet Jeffers, Nathan Lovejoy, E.L. Lozada, Mel Rodriguez, Brett Tucker, and Rebecca Field. Uh, using Kate Anderson Browser's book, The Residence Inside the Private World of the White House, as a jumping off point, the eight episode series is described as a screwball whodunit set in the upside, upstairs, downstairs, and backstairs of the White House among the eclectic staff of the world's most famous mansion. Its premise 132 rooms, 157 suspects, one dead body, one wildly eccentric detective played by Uzu Aduba, one disastrous. State dinner. Uh, yeah, I'll fully invest. That sounds like a, f- a fun time. Sounds like a, a good time. Also starring Andre Brower, Edwina Finley, Molly Griggs, Jason Lee, Ken Marino, Al Mitchell, Dan Perrault, Bronson Picot, uh, Susan Kelchy Watson, Isaiah Whitlock Jr., Mary Wiseman, and Randall Park. Yeah, I like this cast. John David Washington is set to star opposite honorary Oscar winner Samuel L. Jackson in The Piano Lesson a Netflix film adaptation of August Wilson's classic play, which will mark the featured directorial debut and screenwriting debut of his brother, Malcolm Washington. Pick's uh, starry ensemble will also feature uh, Ray Fisher, Daniel Dudweiler, Michael Potts, and Corey Hawkins. Set in 1936, Pittsburgh, uh, during the aftermath of, of the Great Depression, the piano lesson follows the lives of the Charles family in the Edoka Charles household and a heirloom the family piano which is decorated with designs carved by an enslaved ancestor Mm, partially invest sounds a bit convoluted doesn't it i don't know obviously it's it's one of uh august wilson's uh classic 10 plays of the american the american century cycle which is a big deal in america uh previous plays that have been adapted uh include fences and ma ratney's black bottom so okay well yeah, partial invest. Uh, 
Jack Harlow has rounded out the cast of an all-star ensemble of Apple's original films, uh, The Instigators, starring Matt Damon and Casey Affleck. Uh, the A-list ensemble also includes Hong Chow, Paul Wardle-Reiser, Ving Rhames, Ron Perlman, Alfred Molina, and Michael Stolberg. Doug Lyman is directing. Film follows two thieves who go on the run with the help of one of their therapists after a robbery goes awry. Uh, the script was penned by Chuck McLean at Affleck and, with, and was developed by Jeff Robinov, John Graham, and Affleck. Yeah, fully invest. I'm a sucker for a Affleck Damon production. Clarify, Casey Affleck. Uh, yeah, sure. <laughs> Don't care which Affleck. Yeah. Uh, last one. Ethan Cohen's feature, focus feature, and working title, Comedy Caper Driveaway Dolls, will open on September 22nd. It won't be a surprise to see Margaret Qualley and Geraldine Vispernathan's movie among the lineups of Fall Festival Trifecta. Uh, written by Cohen and Trisha Cook, Driveaway Dolls follows Jamie, an uninhibited free spirit, bemoaning yet another breakup with a girlfriend and a demure friend, Marion, who desperately needs to loosen up. In search of a fresh start, the two embark on an impromptu road trip to Tallahassee, where things quickly go awry when they cross paths with a group of inept criminals on the way. Cohen directs uh, Beanie Feldstein, Pedro Pascal, Coleman Domingo, Bill Camp, and Matt Damon also star. Yep, all aboard. Fully invest. Already invested. I'm in. Uh, that's it for this week let's uh, give some thumbs to some trailers Uh, of course you can find all the trailers we're about to talk about this week in the show notes below first trailer for this week is The Muppets Mayhem developed by Adam F. Goldberg Bill Beretta and Jeff York starring Lily Singh, Taj Mahari Sarah Chandri, Anders Holm Bill Beretta, Peter Linz Eric Jacobson, Matt Vogel, David Rudman and Dave Gollers Junior A&R executive Nora must deal with the madness caused by Dr. Teeth and the Electric Mayhem who come face-to-face with the modern musical business as they try to record their first ever album. Dylan, what do you think of this Muppets? Double double thumbs up. Looks fantastic. Looks like a lot of fun. I like all the... Like, Muppets Muppets is great. Muppets, hopefully Muppets never dies and um, Disney just needs to continue to... I don't think it ever will. Yeah, well, that's fine by me. Um, As long as Disney continues to do stuff with Muppets IP, I'm, I'm happy with it. They're, they aren't always going to be great. Like, you know, remember the original Muppets, well, not the original, but the Muppets movie we got years ago uh, was really, really good. And then they did a sequel and it was okay. Um, <laughs> you know, so you can't always... And then they like, did the, the, the TV show. Which the TV, TV show and no one cared about that. So, but yeah, this looks really good. I like the, you know, we got Kevin Smith there at the end. Fun bits. I like the whole joke about them, like being happy about everything. When he holds up a spoon, they're like, yeah, good for you. <laughs> <laughs> good joke. Yeah. So, uh, dumb thumbs up. Yeah, this double thumbs up for me as well. You know, it's exactly what you would want from this kind of thing. It's interesting that they're taking the Electric Mayhem band, who are very much side characters in all the Muppets thing, and kind of putting them at the forefront. Um, probably because you know everybody loves Animal um, and that element. And you know, it looks like it'll be a fun look, kind of look at the music industry. Even though you know, I feel like it'll probably be a little bit predictable. Uh, or even from this trailer, you can kind of tell what the story arc over the season will be. Uh, her trying to get them to do a bunch of modern stuff with modern technology and that kind of stuff, and then her realizing the error of her ways um, and letting them be themselves and that kind of stuff. But yeah, I think it's a really good trailer, a lot of fun, lots of cute, amusing moments, and like moments like, oh, I wonder how that plays into it. <laughs> uh, and then it lifts on a literal, it ends on a literal cliffhanger. How good's uh, an animal telling people to watch? So. 
Uh, yeah, this is coming to Disney Plus on the 10th of May. Next trailer, Talk to Me, directed by Danny and Michael Philippou, uh, starring Sophie Wilde, Joe Bird, Electra, Alexandra Jensen, Otis Jani, Miranda Otto, Marcus Johnson, and Alexandria Stephenson. When a group of friends discover how to conjure spirits using an embalmed hand, they become hooked on a new thrill. Only one of them goes too far and unleashes terrifying supernatural forces. Dylan, what did you think of this trailer based on an idea from the creator of Bluey? I was about to say, that's my favorite. <laughs> my favorite bit about this movie is it's from the, yeah, based, the ideas by the guy who did Bluey. By Daily um, Pearson, yeah. Also, Sophie Wilde, the main girl that's in this, this is like so her first movie, her first role was the portable door. I was like, at first, like, I don't know if she filmed mm. this before that or whatever, but either way, these are her two acting roles, so she's sort of on a roll now. So, um, a twenty, it's an a twenty four horror movie, which is already gonna get me excited. But then you're telling me it's an a twenty four Australian horror movie from the creator of Bluey. <laughs> 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 yeah, of course I'm aboard. Of course I. Am. There's a moment there where I'm pretty sure there's like a skippy zombie <laughs> in the, like hopping out of a doorway at some point in the trailer. So yeah, I, I it's really cool concept. Um, Looks great. Oh, yeah, double thumbs up. I'm very, very keen for this one, of course. Uh, yeah, two thumbs up from me. A really well put together trailer. Interesting premise of this weird embalmed hands. And like they kind of they introduce the idea of the rules of what they've got to do. But then, of course, everything goes to shit uh, because this girl is wants to talk to these spirits more than. You know, uh, so so she's trying to talk to her mom or whatever. Yeah, of course. Um, yeah, it looks fucked up. I'm not going to watch it, but, you know, good for you. Good for you, Bluey. Good for you, you know. <laughs> good for Australian representation, you know. <laughs> we can have a referee things happen here as well. Um, but, yeah, design-wise, like, it, it's very interesting, that hand and, like, a lot of interesting ideas they could potentially go. Uh, but, yeah. So, Talk To Me uh, is releasing in Australian theatres on the 27th of July. I swear to God, if I don't get the fucking A24 Australian film in my cinemas, I'm going to shoot someone. I don't think you should say that. Why? Okay. Well, it'll become big in like several years later, this piece of audio comes out. I yeah, it doesn't matter because I'm not American. Everyone knows it's just a fucking saying because I don't have access to guns. <laughs> 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 but different if I was American, they'd be like, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> <laughs> I mean... No, it wouldn't be different because, you know, Americans don't care. True. Good point. Uh, next trailer, Fool's Paradise, directed by Charlie Day, starring Charlie Day, Ken Jeong, Kate Beckinsale, Adrian Brody, Jason Sudeikis, Edie Falco, Jason Bateman, Common, Ray Liotta, and John Malkovich. A down-on-his-luck publicist gets his lucky break when he discovers a mute man recently released from a mental health facility, looks just like a method actor who refuses to leave his trailer. Dylan, what did you think of the trailer for? Fool's, goal, Fool's Paradise. Double thumbs up. It looks fantastic. I love this idea. I love the the setup. It sort of starts with such a just funny bit about like American healthcare, I guess, where they're like, this guy needs help. It's going to cost this money. So like, yeah, anyway, turf him out. <laughs> like, <it's>, <laughs> off he goes. Then he gets wound up in this whole thing and meeting all these different people and stuff. So yeah, it looks, looks really, really great. It reminds me a bit of like a, like not quite as much because this is playing a lot more lighter tone, but the setup or the pitch of the movie just reminds me of like a Charlie Kaufman sort of idea for a, a, a movie or something like that. Like you could make it, like you could make this a real actor. Like you could make this, the, the joke could be it's Nicolas Cage 
refusing to come out of his trailer and like he's being a mutual you know like i don't know something like it's and then something it's a mm. call from the movie but yeah double thumbs up i think is really good yeah there's a double thumbs up for me i've watched this trailer like four or five times i'm very keen for this movie just the the idea of someone accidentally bumbling their way through hollywood someone who can't talk or who can't talk you know just bumbling his way through to become like a massive hollywood star i mean such a silly idea uh but you know wouldn't be surprising <laughs> and just the even just the little bits like him on the talk show and like uh him it just accidentally be doing the perfect thing uh even down to his name where someone just says latte pronto and ken jong assumes his name is latte pronto um yeah very funny very keen to check this out uh charlie day looks great <laughs> just him just when they're against each other like the method actor in the trailer is like uh that's very funny as well and you know everybody looks like they've got a lot of fun bits uh yeah so this is releasing in america on may 12th no australian release date which is a bummer next trailer the last voyage of the demeter uh directed by andre of ovredal Starring Corey Hawkins, Aisling, Frankiosi, Liam Cunningham, and David Dasmalchen. Uh, strange events befall the crew of the merchant ship known as Demeter as they are stalked by a dark presence, the vampire known as Dracula. Tell them, what did you think of this trailer? Uh, double thumbs down. It looks boring. Wow. <laughs> uh yeah this is one up one down from me i think it looks like fine uh yeah i'm surprised by that response because obviously radio but watson's buddy watson like super high on this trailer um i see him tweeting it out that's kind of why i include in this I'm like is this something i'm missing here apparently not it's vampire on a boat it looks like it just looks oh no the, the vampire doesn't look good it's just a van it's just dracula's on a boat he's killing people it's like i i don't know i i just have very low faith in dracula movies to be completely honest anytime they try and do a dracula movie seriously it's usually shit especially when it's a universal producer <laughs> which of course they are so um yeah i, I don't know i thought i double thumbs down i legit thought it looked very boring it doesn't look to have interesting like characters doesn't look to have anything unique about it it's just like there's a boat he comes out at night he kills people in the middle of the day they go oh we can't find him i'm like fucking look harder dude like it's just one boat <laughs> like just fucking look harder Jeez. just put everything on the on the deck yeah like bring all the things out onto deck so then when he comes out in fucking yeah like you'll yeah fuck jesus oh that hard we'll just throw everything overboard done yep done oh no we can't because then we'll get in trouble yeah okay we're gonna die either way so like jesus fuck it. i feel like this movie's gonna piss me off with like it's like explanation as to why they can't find him oh he's he's secretly put his coffin inside of another coffin it's a fucking russian doll coffin jesus all right uh last voyage of the demeter uh releasing in america on the 11th of august currently no australian release day last trailer for this week bupkis uh created by pete davison judah miller and david cyrus Starring Pete Davidson, Edie Falco, and Joe Pesci, a heightened, fictionalized version of American comedian Pete Davidson's life. 
Dylan, what do you think of Bubkiss? I'm going one up, one down. It does look intriguing. I definitely want to check it out. But the trailer was just like a mix of typical Pete Davidson stuff. Um, I didn't really, I didn't really see any like major hook. At least with um, Staten Island thing, it tackled his like the death of his father. Like that was played into it. The 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 nine eleven, like how his dad was a fireman and all that. Like that was a that was a part of like him like injecting himself into that movie. Like had like a a real center to it. So for this, I'm like, is it just mostly jokes? Like what's the, like, it's just bits. So yeah, I'm, I'm going one up, one down. Yeah, I'll go one up, one down as well. I think, you know, it's interesting. I, it, it, this trailer does nothing for you unless you're interested in Pete Davidson. Yeah. I think he's funny. You yeah. know, there's like no plot idea or anything like that. Uh, sure. There's a lot of cool cameos and that kind of stuff. Uh, but other than that, you know, you know, there's a couple of funny gags about him reading about himself on, on he Googled himself and like yeah. last response, but alas, <laughs> that's funny. Uh, but you know, I don't know. There's a, you know, again, it just depends if you like Pete Davidson or not. Yeah. Uh, yeah. All right. Uh, so Bupkis releasing on binge on the 4th of May. All right, let's, talk about this week's top three definitely in the top three uh and in light of bupkis coming out to a binge uh this week's top three is top three comedians who should have a sitcom about them uh yeah so dylan what's your number three uh fuck where's my list uh number three is uh, taylor tom tom listen tom listen I can't remember if that's how you say it last yes. Uh, she's very funny. I could see her fitting into, like, sort of that vibe of a... Uh, I actually don't know anything about her. It's just, like, of her stand-ups I've watched. They're very, like, obviously based on, um, like, dating and real-life sort of stuff, which you can feel those stories and stuff transition well to doing then a sitcom based on those sorts of same jokes and that sort of stuff. So... I can see her transitioning into that same, same sort of thing. Um, if at any stage you turn around and go, these people already have a show, I'm sorry, I never knew. But yeah, it's from where she doesn't. <laughs> I was so. prepared to do that. But yeah, okay. Uh, my number two is Taylor Tomlinson, I think. Okay, there you yeah. go. <laughs> yeah. yeah, her stand-up, very good. Um, you know, it helps that she's a white girl. So, I mean, they, you know, they'll hand over a TV show if they really That's want. Right. That's uh, right. <laughs> but yeah like a lot a lot of the subject matter is stuff that would translate to a sitcom uh i think she's a very likable person so and she's like one of the biggest stand-up stars at the moment so uh it would make sense for her to get her own tv show so somebody do that Dylan, what's your number two my number two is bert uh how do you say his last name sir fuck i have to fuck i only wrote bert no <laughs> Oh, Bert Kirst- Kirstner? Yeah, that's it. Bert Kirstner. Right? It's very funny. Very, it would be outrageous. It would be the complete opposite of the show we just talked about. It would be just him, like, doing ridiculous stuff and, um, like, taking his shirt off and being very loud and obnoxious. And it would be a show that some people are like, this is the worst person ever and I hate this character. Or, you know, other people really, really enjoy and like it. So, um, yeah. It would... I think I would laugh. I enjoy his, his stand-up. It's very ridiculous. But, yeah, Bert Kirstner. He just had a new stand-up out i haven't actually watched it yet but it's on netflix did you know he's got a movie coming out no about himself all right cool story (laughs) based on a story from one of his stand-up specials never mind moving on number one (laughs) what's your number one (laughs) 
My number three, those are my first two are like realistic. These things could happen. My number three, Bo Burnham. Yeah. Give me inside, but like a weird sitcom esque uh, HBO million dollar episode uh, thing where, you know, he's trying to live a normal life but continues to be traumatized by the events of it inside <laughs> or something like that. Just give Bo Burnham a ton of money to make something. If that makes sense? Yeah. I just, it's like, inside so... But outrageous. I don't think he would <laughs> do that. You know, I don't think he has any interest in doing something like that, but uh, that would be on my list. If he did do a sitcom, like, early on in his career, but not one. like About on. him. Yeah. Yes. Dylan, what's your number one? Number one, Chelsea Peretti. Okay. I like her. I've watched more of her stuff. I haven't, obviously, it's Ash hates that I've never watched all of Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Nothing against her. Just having that time. I like the show. It's like, just, sorry. It's fine. She leaves like a couple of seasons in, so. Hey, there you go. So that's why I stopped watching it. No, 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 no. Not a couple, like a couple, with a couple of seasons left. I think after they moved to, to NBC. Mm. Yeah. There you go. Uh, well, Chelsea Peretti is very funny. Her character on Brooklyn Nine-Nine is very similar to her stand-up anyway. So if that sort of style of, I guess, dry humor, is, I guess that's what you'd s- sort of call it. Mm. Um, but yeah, her, again, a lot of her stuff's about real-world scenarios and um, uh, things that she's experienced in the in the world. So I think when I tried to pick it, I just tried to pick people who, like, they talk about stuff they've experienced that then you can turn into a, like, a show, a sitcom. Whereas, like, if, if you only do... Like how you you can't watch like Artie Donner and be like, well, they should turn that into a sitcom because I mean they can't do it, I guess. But they can't. <laughs> they can't. <laughs> I was about to say we literally talked about it like an hour ago. <laughs> but if they if it wasn't already a show, I wouldn't be watching Artie Donner stand up and be like, that should be a thing, you know? Because I'd be like, how the fuck do you do that? I'm like anyway, so I'll go Chelsea Bread. Mine of one. It's the boy Ronnie Chang. He should get his own TV show. <laughs> Stand around him, just living his normal life. But getting angry about a bunch of stuff and going on long extended rants, uh, which I will happily sit and enjoy. Did we ever talk about that? Did I ever bring up on here? And did you see that clip of him and Hassan from like a month ago? From the Daily Show. From yeah. Daily Show. That's fucking hilarious. Yes. Fucking funny. hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> uh, maybe maybe that's them. You know, it's just a two-parter. You know, odd couple-esque TV show. So good. Yeah. Yeah. Really good. Uh, yeah. That was I love that bit. I've watched it several times. Uh, watched it twice, I think. <laughs> yeah, because they did like a during the uh, last Netflix joke fest. They had like a separate show that they did together, mm. but it wasn't like recorded or anything. So Damn. I assume a lot of those bits pulled from that. Uh, but yeah, Ronnie Shane, give him more work. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I'm in another movie. Yeah, what character do you play? Stereotypical Asian man. <laughs> but it was satire. Satire, satire yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so good. All right. Uh, Dylan, this week, what do you want to watch? So this week, I would like, I'm going to go watch Evil Dead Rise. Of course. Very excited about the new Evil Dead movie. Uh, the the pre-talk everyone's been saying has been good. All the, the, the reviews I've seen, well, I haven't read any, but like the headlines, everyone's like, this movie's great. It's Everybody's li- a... General opinions. Everyone's general opinions is the movie's very good, which has me super excited. So I'm I'm keen to go there. I would also 
like to watch, but I was afraid. However, it's not currently listed anywhere near me. In fact, I can't find it anywhere, even in the whole of Tasmania. So that's lovely for me in my life. And I really want to hear the reaction to Bo's. All I know is I listened to that audio clip recorded at the the premiere or whatever, where a dude stood up and was like, "This is career suicide. What the fuck is this garbage?" <laughs> and you're like, "Yes, I want to watch." That. And I was like, "Yes, I do very much want to watch this." <laughs> like, how's that not good promotion for a movie? If someone has that much of a reaction to a movie, I, that just makes it even more intriguing. Uh, and then my TV show pick is the. Fuck, I forgot what it's called now. Mrs. Something or other, the one that's coming to binge that stars Mrs. Like Davis. G- Mrs. Davis, yeah. Betty Gilpin, Gilpin one. Yeah, so came for that. Uh, yeah, the Betty Gilpin TV series, Mrs. Davis, which is just wild about a nun fighting against a, a Siri. Yeah. Um, I just need to see what that actually is. Um, movie for this week, I'm going to say. You got nothing. Uh, Ghosted, uh, starring Anna de Armas, Chris Evans, you know, Apple TV Plus, looks like a little bit of a lot of fun. Uh, and if I had a second pick, it would be A Good Person, starring Florence Pugh uh, and Morgan Freeman. I'll probably check that out in cinemas. So yeah. Let us know what you want to watch this week. Are you a big horror person seeing the horror movies? Or For sure, but I was afraid it's a comedy. The fun stuff. It's been listed as a comedy. What? But I was afraid it's being listed as a comedy. But it's Ari Aster. <laughs> so? The Jordan Peele was a comedian. All right, we'll see. <laughs> uh, <laughs> let us know by going to explosion.com slash Twitter or jump to Discord at explosion.com slash Discord. If you want to help us out here, what do you want to watch? Leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or on Podchaser. Leave us five stars. Anyone can leave five stars or just tell people about the show. And if you enjoyed this episode, thought it was worth a dollar, head over to our co page at explosion.com slash support. Thank you very much for listening. Until next time, keep watching stuff, I guess.